0: Welcome to the Scoop and Score podcast. Do they worry you at all? Are you worried? Did you take a little more bye, bye. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Your host, Stephen Kahn. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the College Football National Championship Game Preview. Can't believe we made it this far. It seemed a little bit bleak at times, but I thank all of you listeners for sticking with me sticking with the podcast and sticking with this college football season, I can't believe we're really going to make it. Although perhaps if Ohio State uh, has anything to say about it, we won't uh, we won't be getting there quite yet. But I digress. First off, I want to congratulate Devonte Smith for being uh, named the Heisman Trophy winner. Congratulations to him as I tweeted uh, the night of the announcement. Good job by everyone who voted. Um, it's exciting to see a receiver win the award. It's only the second time in my lifetime, um, nearly 30 years in between winners. So the last winner, Desmond Howard at receiver was, um, at the very beginning of my lifetime. So certainly exciting to see that it can go to someone other than a quarterback or an Alabama running back. Um, and, and certainly well-deserved I've been stumping for him for the last month or so. So, so definitely exciting to see that. And, uh, and I think he certainly proved that he was a worthy winner during that Notre Dame, Alabama Rose Bowl played in Texas. Um, you know, I think the game went mostly as expected. Um, Notre Dame played decently well there. They, they certainly held up on both lines of scrimmage. Um, but all the things that I talked about last week that they had to do to actually give themselves a chance to win, they didn't do. They weren't aggressive going forward on fourth down. They didn't. Uh, they they didn't do any onside kicks until the very end of the game. I mean, just to give you an idea of sort of where things were, they they scored a touch. Well, first of all, they were going to punt down by twenty four with like eight minutes to go in the game, and then you know I don't know who led to this decision, but they ended up calling a timeout, changing their minds, going for it, and ultimately scored a touchdown on that drive. You know, kind of pathetic that they were thinking about punting to begin with. Then they do score the touchdown, um, you know, to cut it to an 18-point game, and they decide to go for one, which would, you know, they'd cut it to 17, it would remain a three-score game at that point, which, you know, just a couple of minutes left in the game, I'm totally fine with just going for one and pretty much conceding that the game's over. But then after going for one, they do an onside kick. So, you know, these are two very, um, what's the word, contradictory actions. To go for one and pretty much give up saying, you know, it's still going to be a three-score game. But then still to do the onside kick just didn't make any sense and, and was an example of just uh, coaching staff not being clear on what it wanted to do. They didn't know if they wanted to just, you know, keep it close. and look. They played like a team that was trying to get into the playoff. You know, trying to, oh, we're undefeated. We just don't want to get blown out and lose our spot. Let's keep this close. Whereas they were already in the playoff. They had nothing to lose. You got to go for it. And they didn't go for it. Now, granted, they didn't have the players on the outside to necessarily take the deep shots that would have been needed to to really beat this this Alabama team. But it's more about mentality and decision making, going forward on fourth. After Alabama scores three consecutive touchdowns on their first three offensive drives, I think it's time to start trying those onside kicks. What's the difference in in making Alabama go 75 yards versus 45 yards? They weren't having much trouble with any of it. So you have to get a little creative. You have to get a little bit more aggressive. And disappointing to me that Notre Dame didn't do that. Um, You know, all in all, a, a solid effort. Ian Book, you could see it from the very first snap. I don't know why. And let me... Let me first say Ian Book, one of the best Notre Dame quarterbacks ever. Um, you know, he, he has the all-time wins lead um, and, and certainly, you know, a great leader by all accounts. And, and I really, I'll miss Ian Book, and, and I liked him very much as the starting quarterback of my favorite team. That being said, I don't understand why he seemed to shrink on the biggest stages. And I don't think I'm being unfair in saying that. You could see on the very first snap of this game, he, and I use the word literally correctly, I don't I don't misuse literally, he literally is bouncing up and down on his feet when he takes the snap. It's just, it's unnatural, and he clearly, it happens to him in the biggest games. I, you know, he starts, his mind starts going too fast, I think the moment gets a little big for him, and he clearly wasn't going to be ready to lead this team to a win. Now, I think he did settle down a little bit later in the game. Um, You know, so many times he just didn't pull the trigger and take a shot when he could have, and then he finally does take a shot and unfortunately, you know, badly underthrows a ball that ends up getting intercepted. So, again, I'm not here to pick on, you know, a bad throw. It's just too bad that we didn't see him try to take more shots um, and, and just play a more confident game, but it is what it is. And, you know, I've spent almost all this time talking about Notre Dame. The story is really Alabama and you know just how good that team is. I mean, to see Najee Harris just completely jump over Nick McLeod like that and then continue to run another sixty yards downfield. I mean, these these players are just incredibly athletic, um, incredibly well coached and and just they're gonna be hard to beat. And the interesting thing, you know, Notre Dame would run a play and and Alabama would stuff snuff it out and it would be like a two-yard loss. Whereas Alabama would run a play and it would seem like Notre Dame completely had the play dominated at every level and somehow the play still goes for like three yards and that's when you know you're in trouble and like the Notre Dame defense does everything perfectly and it's second and seven and it's just so hard to beat a team when that's going on because those were truly like the best plays for Notre Dame like kind of the normal play and I'm doing air quotes with my fingers it's just like Alabama would gain like eight to eleven yards, and it was like, okay, like, yeah, we we did an okay job on that play defense. So that's when you know that things are, are really difficult when you're you're like satisfied with with giving up nine yards on first down if you're the defense. And that's certainly how I felt watching that game. But again, Alabama, really good um, gonna be tested in the national championship game um, as as their opponent will be the Ohio State Buckeyes um, a a surprising outcome. You know, maybe not shocking in terms of the winner, but certainly shocking in terms of the margin of victory, uh, the Buckeyes beating Clemson by 21 in that one. And it kind of leads me to say, where did I go wrong? What was I, what was I missing when I felt confident that Clemson would win? And I think it, it comes down to a few things, but the biggest one, I, I just overreacted to Ohio State's performance against Northwestern. And that could have meant a couple things. One, Northwestern might just be a solid team. You know, they handled Auburn pretty easily. um, And not that Auburn's any great shakes, but still, I think Northwestern's a solid team. And then secondly, you know, Ohio State was missing a lot of players in in that Northwestern game, which we knew. And it's possible they just didn't play a very good game. And instead of... You know, a lot of people might say, well, you need to take an L on Ohio State here because you were saying how they didn't necessarily belong and here they are in, in the national championship and dominated Clemson. Quite the opposite. The fact that they only played six games, this is more proof of why we need bigger sample size. Because when you only play six games, it's a lot easier for someone to overreact to a bad performance against the Northwestern. Or, you know, perhaps overreact to a really good performance against a Clemson. So we just don't totally know where we are with this Ohio State, Ohio State team yet because they still haven't really played a full season. So, yeah, they're certainly capable of this greatness, and we saw how good Justin Fields was, uh, you know, with probably a lacerated kidney and several broken ribs after that hit he took. Um, but, you know, he was awesome, and the whole team was awesome, and and the the, you know, Justin Hilliard linebackers flying around the field – We just didn't see this from Ohio State all year because they didn't play enough games for us to see it. So certainly, yeah, we knew their ceiling was high. We just didn't know if they'd be able to hit it, and they certainly hit that ceiling against Clemson. Um, You know, in terms of Clemson's defensive performance and why it was so weak, I mean, for one thing, Nolan Turner, uh, the safety Uh, didn't play in the first half because of a targeting against Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. And then linebacker James Skalski gets called for targeting in the first half of this game. So they never played a snap on the field together at the same time. Now, I say this tongue-in-cheek, and I I, I do find it funny. So you often hear James Skalski referred to as the linebacker of the defense for Clemson. And I kid you not, during, you may have picked this up as well, during the broadcast of the semifinal, I believe Kirk Herbstreet referred to Nolan Turner, you know, in talking about his absence, referring to him as the quarterback of the secondary. So it's just nice, to, you know, nice to know, can we can we be a little less lazy? I mean, great that Clemson has a, a quarterback of the defense, but also has a quarterback of the secondary, you know, and, and Brian Brzee is the quarterback of his position on defensive end. Um, I don't know. Let's just think of better ways to talk about players than just calling them the quarterback of something. Uh, but that being said, if they're both being described that way and they never played together, it, it stands to reason why there were probably some bus and coverage and why, uh, Justin Fields and Trey Sermon and the rest of this Ohio state offense were able to take such advantage of the Clemson defense. Um, and ultimately, it was just things weren't going right for Clemson. I mean, they, you don't just fumble the ball that many times. Sometimes it's not your day. And it seemed like Trevor Lawrence was just dropping the ball whenever he got hit. Um, you know, he certainly wasn't bad, but, but he, was, he wasn't his regular, you know, all-world-everything-normal self. And then I think you can't completely discount the motivation factor. We heard it all day on game day and then, and then leading up to the game itself about how personally Ohio State took the loss in last year's semifinal game. And this was clearly the game. They weren't as focused on their Big Ten season. They probably knew they'd cruise through the Big Ten no problem, as they always do. They were focused on playing Clemson again and getting back to this stage, and that's exactly what they did. And then you add the fuel of Dabo ranking them number 11 and saying they didn't belong. There was no way that they weren't going to come in focused and give their best shot. And that is exactly what they did. Now, are they going to be able to turn around and do that to Alabama? It's hard, you know, obviously it's it's not hard to get up for a national championship game. But it is hard to kind of put everything into one game and turn around and do it a week later. I I am thinking of uh, there was a leaked Locker room video um, with Ryan Day after the Big Ten championship game, and Ryan Day giving a speech to his team. And just to paraphrase and and also clean up his language, um, but he said something along the lines of, "You give us any of them, you you give us Alabama, you give us Clemson, you give us Notre Dame, you give us one game, and we're going to beat them." And I just found that wording interesting because, well, it takes two games to win the national championship, and. They were clearly focused on this one game, um, so I think that that's something that it, it's hard for them to turn around and and be ready to do it again, and uh, and will be interesting to see what happens there. In terms of uh, the other side for Clemson, you know, interesting Trevor Lawrence who just declared for the NFL draft. You know, three seasons uh, they seem to kind of fly by. Played in three national championship games, walked away with one title, no Heisman trophy. College football is just such an interesting thing, and in that you know this guy was absolutely at the pinnacle of the sport for three years, and then his career. Certainly, I'm not. I'm not saying his career is a disappointment in any way, but I think anyone that was watching uh, that national championship game in January of 2019, when Clemson just throttled Alabama, I I went on this podcast and said I expected Clemson that to be the start of a 45 game win streak for Clemson that would culminate with their third national title um in in this year. And ultimately, you know, they they ran into a buzzsaw of an LSU team last year, maybe maybe the best college football team of all time, and uh and you know, lost to a really good Ohio State team this year. So, it's just it's it's a reminder of of how short college football careers can be and just, you know, you you might think that you've got this beginning of a dynasty and then it's just it's gone and Anyway, hat tip to Trevor Lawrence you know if i if I went back and did the kind of top twenty players of the last twenty twenty five years in college football, it would be interesting to see kind of if and where you know if if Trevor Lawrence made the list where would he rank and uh certainly uh I don't know just just it, it it's an interesting career to look back on just because it really seemed like from the moment he was arri- he arrived, he was kind of the biggest deal in the sport, and just like that um it is it is over. So let's look ahead to the national championship game. And right now the spread is looking, it's about seven and a half or eight. Uh, I should mention, so despite going 0-2 with my picks in the college football playoff semifinals, I then was able to go 3-0 and uh, the following day. And I've put myself in position where if if I pick the winner in the national championship game, we're profitable for the year. And if I pick the loser, we, we, are, we are losing money and, and we're putting all of our eggs into the national championship game basket. I don't think, just a, a fair warning if you're only here for the nugget of, of who the pick is going to be, I don't think I'm going to give the pick on this podcast. I will, of course, cover the game here. But I think I'm going to hold off on making my official pick until closer to kickoff, just given you know some of the news swirling about COVID and potential things like that. I just want to make sure I have all the information possible before making that pick. So Alabama and Ohio State, two really good offenses. This should be an, an absolute shootout. I talked a little bit about the Ohio State motivation, how really they were so focused on that Clemson game. Can they turn it on again? You know, there's discussion about their COVID concerns and the potential that they wanted to push the game back a little bit. Alabama firing back, <laughs> including Nick Saban's daughter, tweeting that, you know, there's no COVID issue and they just want to see if Justin Fields can get a little bit healthier. So if, if they ever needed uh, a little more motivation, now instead of getting it from the head coach of their opponent, as they did with Dabo Sweeney. Now they're getting it from the daughter of the head coach of their opponent. So definitely, uh, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of motivation. It's just physically, can you get yourself to the same place you did a week ago playing Clemson? And on the other side, this is just business as usual for Alabama. You know, they had, uh, they had their Heisman candidates, uh, Mac Jones and, and Devontae Smith, you know, on the call on Tuesday night. Although, you know, not a lot taken out of them given that it was all virtual and they were just kind of in their football meeting room uh, to uh, be there for the presentation. So I don't expect any kind of like uh, Heisman hangover or anything like that with Alabama. This should be a good matchup. I mean, I think that Ohio State maybe has more. eh, I was going to say they have more athletes to try to limit Alabama's offense than Notre Dame and with a cornerback like Sean Wade that's certainly true although in the front seven I'm not sure how much better they really are on defense than Notre Dame is I I think you know having a linebacker like Justin Hilliard is helpful but again Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa out there for Notre Dame and it still didn't do a, a lot of good I mean he certainly blew up a play or two but You need more than a player or two to keep this Alabama offense down. And I think what we've learned is no defense is really going to keep this Alabama offense down. So can Ohio State outscore them? I think they've proven that yes, they can. And with Justin Fields being so comfortable throwing the deep ball, that is how you're going to beat and exploit this Alabama defense. Ultimately, I just think, you know, it's, it's too easy for Alabama. We haven't seen them have a bad game. I mean, that 31 points they easily scored against Notre Dame was their worst offensive output since that national championship against Clemson over two years ago at this point. So, you know, if that's the worst version you're getting and they did it so easily to the point where they could have probably scored more points had they really wanted to, um, I think that is is something that we've seen Ohio State struggle. We've never seen Alabama struggle. And for that reason, I ultimately think that Alabama should be able to outscore Ohio State. Whether you know whether it's just a situation where they have the ball last and score last, or if they kind of just maintain a one-score lead the entire way, um, I, I could certainly see. I, I I could certainly see it being close. Um, ultimately, I think my final score prediction right now, as things currently stand, is going to be forty-two to thirty-five. Alabama. So right now seeing the over under at 75 and a half and the the line at about seven and a half. So I'd be leaning taking the points with Ohio State and taking the over at 75 and a half. But I really don't see a lot of value in either line, so I don't see um, I don't see great opportunities um, on on betting this game, but right now leaning Ohio State and the over if I had to. And that uh, I'm just I'm just hoping it's a really exciting game um, to conclude the college football season. You know, I was going to continue this podcast talking about um, the fact that I think 2021 could be a wide open season. I want to talk a little bit about Notre Dame and where they go next. Uh, They brought in Jack Cohn as a graduate transfer from Wisconsin to be the quarterback. Here's the thing. I want to have a good reason to come back and do this again next week. So I will save those topics for next week. Uh, at that point, maybe Notre Dame will have a defensive coordinator announced so that I can talk about that. And I'll be able to talk about, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be able to talk about what we saw in the national championship game. Before I go, I want to make sure I tell you guys, get your meat. I, I'm, I'm still, you know, I still got some in the freezer and I break them out, you take them freezer to fridge you let them thaw for a day you, you know if you want to marinate them you do what you need to do you let them breathe you take them out of the airtight sealed package you let them breathe for you know at least i'd say an hour or so you cook them up unbelievable you go to debraga.com d-e-b-r-a-g-g-a.com get all your meats especially now the holidays are over shipping's gonna be no problem at all if you live in the greater new york metropolitan area er, area Um, excuse me. That was a hard word to say. I don't know why. If you live in the greater New York metropolitan area, um, go to local.debraga.com and you're going to have a lot of options. Really, you know, you can choose your shipping date, uh, free shipping, all that good stuff. So you're going to really love it. Make sure you use promo code scoop to get 15% off your first order. This is really top quality stuff. Um, all right. That's it for me this week. Hopefully the national championship game is awesome. Hope you all enjoy it. And, uh, and yeah, I'll be back next week to, uh, to recap it all and, and probably going to be mostly a, a Notre Dame heavy episode next week. So listen, if that's not your bag, it's been a great season. Uh, I'll talk to you when I talk to you, but hopefully, uh, hopefully most of you come back next week. Enjoy the natty That concludes the Scoop and School Podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul.